Out of the book of Isaiah, chapter number 41, if uh, you want to turn your Bibles over there to that uh, book, chapter number 41. We've been living, as we have all, all know, we've heard over a period of time, an uncertain and a difficult year. Record number of people during these difficult times and during these uncertainties have searched on Google or whatever other search engines they, they utilize uh, for words like uh, healing, fear, and justice. And these are the three most popular uh, words that have been searched this past year. And in fact, uh, in the Christian realm, uh, there was a study that was done, and the Version Bible, many of you have that on your tablets and on your phones, uh, the Version Bible app saw searches increase by 80% in 2020, totaling 600 million searches worldwide. People searching for words as uh, faith, healing, and peace. Think about that. People searching because of all that's taken place in the world today. People are looking for, for, for help. They're looking for answers. They're searching for strength and peace as well. In fact, in that, that Bible app, the U version uh, of the Bible app, Isaiah chapter 41 and verse 10, the scripture I'm going to preach about, ranked as the most searched and read bookmarked verse on that app. What does that tell you? I've got a short video this morning that I'd like to show for you that gives you a little bit of insight as to why people found Isaiah chapter 41 and in verse 10 comforting and uh, valuable. Guys, if you have that ready, go ahead. This wasn't what we expected. We were supposed to be at work. We were supposed to be with friends and family. A birthday postponed, graduation delayed, a celebration canceled recitals and concerts alone times have changed and today we remember that God is still on the throne he is still in command of the universe God is the one in control and we remember the scripture that says fear not for I am with you be not dismayed for I am your God Amen, right? Hallelujah. Be thou not dismayed, for I am your God. And then he goes on and says this in Isaiah chapter 41. I will strengthen you, and I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right Hand. That's the word of God for you and I here this morning. Give God praise today. Love the Lord and thank him uh, for his truth, uh, his word, uh, and his comfort that he gives us. Because through every hardship, people will turn eventually to God, no matter how much they try to resist, no matter how much they try to deny. It never fails. They will turn to God's word uh, for strength, for peace, and for 
hope. And you and I have that this morning. We have that this morning in the presence of the Lord. And so I'm going to look at uh, our text and that scripture that we just heard and we just read. And God gives us his truth. He gives us his promise in spite of whatever it is that we have to wrestle through and have to deal with. We can turn to his word uh, for encouragement. And first he says, do not fear or do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And I feel that this year, fear has been one of the number one things that people have had to deal with and wrestle through in their lives, their families, personally, and uh, with their loved ones, their friends. In the Word of God, do not fear or fear not appears 385 times in the King James Version, and fear not is mentioned 62 times uh, in the Word of God in other areas. So that tells me if uh, 62 times the words fear not are mentioned, uh, that tells me that there is a fear not for every minute, every hour, every 24 hours of the day that you and I live. We can turn to the Word of God and see where it says, Do not be afraid, uh, fear not, because God is there with us wherever we may be. In Luke chapter 12 and in verse 7, again, fear not. You are of more value than many sparrows. You know, a lot of times we go through life, and especially this, this past year or this year, we think about, God, don't you care about us? Or, God, don't you value us? Don't you value what we're sensing, what we're going through? Don't you value the lives that are being lost? And the devil comes and he lies to us about whether or not God cares or God values us. And this morning in the Word, it speaks to us and says, God values us as he values a sparrow and he knows when a bird, a sparrow, falls out of the sky, how much more you and I, God cares about his creation in his likeness and in his image. God does value our life. And this is why it says, don't be afraid. I believe this year we could have heard sermon after sermon uh, every Sunday on fear not simply because that's how often the enemy comes to strike fear into our hearts over one thing or another. You see, fear tolerated equals fear contaminated because the enemy understands the power of fear and what fear can do to a person's life, especially someone who's serving Jesus. And if he can get you and I to begin to fear and allow fear to begin to take its hold, get a foothold in our life, the resulting fact will be it's our faith will begin to be contaminated. It will begin to get watered down. It will become diluted and not pure according to the word of God because fear has begun to intermix with it. In 2 Timothy, in chapter 1 and verse 7, For God gave us not a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and 
a sound mind and discipline. You see, this is what God has given to us as the people of God. And we can't let the enemy take that away from us. We can't give him a foothold to where we begin to doubt uh, that we are a child of God. And that God is with us no matter where we might be or have or what we're going through. That the word of God says the spirit that God gave us uh, is not fear but power, authority, dominion uh, over the lies and strategies of the enemy. It's so important that we understand that because fear is the enemy, not only of our faith, but of, our, of action, of stepping out and accomplishing things for God, of taking the steps of faith that God wants us to take because possibly fear has come in to hold us back. Those uh, who are bound by fear or allow fear to rule their lives are less willing, as, I, as, as, as we know in the illustration of Peter, to step out of the boat and follow Jesus. Those who allow their faith to be contaminated by fear, who do not, do not take authority over it, are less willing to step out of the boat. We know about the disciples. Why is fear the enemy of our faith? Simply because it stifles or... It, it, it weakens uh, our thinking and our actions for the kingdom of God. It creates indecisiveness. And indecisiveness, if we're not moving and, and circulating in, in God's faith, produces stagnation. Isn't that what happens to water that sits when it's not circulating? It becomes stagnant. It's not, it, it's, it's not purified. And that's what fear does in a Christian's life when they allow fear to dominate them. They become actionless and they become stagnant simply because they're not moving in faith. They're not moving out uh, in trusting God. Fear keeps us and hinders us from being the people that God has designed us to be. What is that? More than conquerors through Christ who gives us that strength every day. And it's fear that contaminates that and holds us back from being the conquerors, the victors that God wants us to be. When we're dominated by negative thoughts and negative emotions, we're not able to achieve the goals that God has for us as Christians. God has, has purpose for each and every one here this morning. Those of you watching online, God has purpose for you also, obviously. But we have to be very careful that we do not, allow, do not allow fear to begin to hinder God's purpose for our life. Become pessimistic and begin to withdraw. We live in a pessimistic world right now. You know, it seems like everything that, that we've been accustomed to just in life normally, has, has uh, almost been removed from us. You know, it's almost been taken away from us, those things, just as, as the video showed, just being with friends, you know, in, in with a bunch, you know, in groups and, and so on and so forth. The simple things of life and what begins to happen if we're not careful, we can become pessimistic in our faith. 
and look and say, well, you know, I guess this is the way it's going to be forever. I, I guess this is the way God intended it to be. No, the devil is a liar. It's not the way God intended it to be. This, this thing that we're going through, this virus that we're dealing with, believe me, is not from heaven above. It is seriously demonic. It is demonic and a strategy of hell. And we cannot allow Satan's strategies to begin to dilute our faith and cause us to be pessimistic when it comes to the things of God. Why? Because fear will never conquer the enemy or change the situation. But authority, a sound mind, discipline in the word of God, overcoming fear will. God speaks to us over and over and over again in his word. Fear not, Isaiah 43, in verse 1, I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. So fear not. You belong to God. You know, it's like, it's like children. You know, they're, they're so uh, attuned to their parent. And, and when, they, when fear strikes them, where do they run? They don't run away from their parent, unless you're one of those crazed maniacs on, on television that's so sad. But for the most part, they run to mom and dad. They run to, 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 to even grandma and grandpa because they know that they love them. And so when fear strikes you and I, don't run away from God. Don't run away from what God wants to do in your life. That's when you've got to run to him and cry, Abba, Father, as the word of God says, help me. And the scripture tells us that we are his. Don't let the enemy lie to you about that. And then he says, do not be troubled. In verse 15, God is speaking to us. We're, when we're in the battle, when trouble surrounds us, don't be stressed out. Don't allow those circumstances to begin to take control of your life. God has our back. Every single day, Every single moment when trouble is there, no matter what kind of trouble you're in, you know, there's different kind of trouble for, for different kinds of, of situations in life. Marriage, trouble. Kid, children, trouble. Money, trouble. Health, troubles. Um, you know, your own personal yourself troubles. Have you ever been in trouble with yourself? Why do I do these dumb things? Well, why am I? Yeah. So there's all kinds, there's enough trouble to go around. And we need to understand we can't allow life's circumstances to trouble us, but yet turn to God when those things happen. Why? Why do we do that? Well, Isaiah 49, 23. When we turn to God, when we listen to God's word, when he says, don't be troubled, he says, then you will know that I am the Lord. Those who hope in me will not be disappoint, disappointed. You see, in your troubles, when you turn to God, when you run to God, I want to tell you, you're never going to be disappointed with the outcome. 
You're never going to be disappointed the results uh, that God's going to bring to your life. Why? Because uh, you turn to your Creator. You turn to the one who has the authority and dominion over those troubles. Don't be troubled. And then he says, the fight isn't yours. It's not your fight. I'll fight the battle for you. Second Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 15. I love that part, right? Because we are, we are as, as, as Paul says, in my weakness, his faith is made, his strength is made perfect. And, and so as individuals by ourselves, we don't have the wherewithal, the tools on our own to be victorious over the strategies of the enemy, over the lies of the devil, the, the trouble that the devil brings. And this is why this is so important for you to understand. In the middle of trouble, remember, it's not my fight, it's the Lord's fight. I belong to Him. Second Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 15, For the battle isn't yours, but mine, says the Lord. You see, Part of the problem when we find ourselves in trouble, we start to look at things in the natural. We start to try to get ourselves out of trouble. Use human understanding or human ways. But God gives us an understanding, a whole different thought process when it comes to God getting involved and taking care of our troubles. We look at it through the natural, but God looks at it through the spiritual and the supernatural. Listen, what David said in 1 Samuel chapter 17. As Israel is facing the enemy and they're trying to figure out how they're going to defeat the enemy. You know, we may not have enough tools. We may not have enough weaponry. We may not have enough men etc., and so on, to fight the battle. But David says this to the people. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saves not, everybody say not, not. with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. So he's, David is encouraging the people and letting the enemy know, you know, you might have a whole lot more armory than we do. You might have a lot more men than we do. But my God doesn't fight battles according to your ways. Uh, he fights battles according to his ways. Not by sword and spirit, but the battle is, uh, or spear, but the battle is the Lord's. Don't try and figure it out. When you find yourself in trouble, when you find yourself in hardship, realize that the battle is the Lord's. And he's going to make it work out whether you think so or not. Whether your mind can figure it out or not. He doesn't win our battles according to natural understanding, but through spiritual warfare and supernatural methods. I think about Gideon in the book of Judges chapter 6 when He's outnumbered, and God, he has these men, and God whittles down the army to 300 from thousands. And Gideon's kind of like, are you sure, Lord? How many have ever said that to God? Are you sure? God, are you sure? Do you know what you're doing? 
We do that, don't we? In our humanness. And, 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 and we start to question God. How can I save Israel, he says. My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. And the Lord answers him and says, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites together. You see, the next time the enemy lies to you and says, you're too weak, you know, uh, you're, you're not good enough, you don't have enough money, you're too sick, your circumstances are, are too bad, Turn around and say, devil, you're a liar because the battle's not mine. The battle is the Lord's, and he's going to win it. No matter what you say, no matter what you make me think, it doesn't matter. It belongs to God. 1 John 4, 4. But you belong to God, my dear children. I like this part. You've already won your fight with these false prophets because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. So the battle's not yours. Stop trying to figure it out. Stop trying to fight it your way. Submit to God. Let, let God have it, and he'll, he'll win the battle for you. may not be in your time, may not be your way, but God says he's going to fight it for you. That's good enough for me. It needs to be good enough for us. And then he says, hold your position. Stand firm. Be still, he says, and know that I am God. Be still. Stay put. Again, in Judges chapter 7 with Gideon, as they're getting ready to fight the battle, they, they really didn't have to lift a finger when you read the story. All they did was they blew their trumpets. 300 men blew 300 trumpets. And they broke jars, glass jars, made a lot of noise, a lot of racket. And it goes on to say that the enemy killed themselves and they ran away. Why? Simply because Gideon didn't run away from the battle, even though it looked impossible. He held his position. They held their position and they stood still to watch God move in their circumstance. See, that's important. That's important. Because in order for us to see God move in our lives, we need to hold our position and stay where God has us. And then we'll see the victory, the enemy defeated uh, supernaturally when we don't surrender to fear, when we don't give in to the element of fear, even if we feel outnumbered like Gideon was. Stand in the battle. Don't run away from the enemy. Run to God. Stand where God has you, fighting with your brothers and your sisters. That's what Gideon's army did. Although they were less than the enemy, they stood together and God defeated the enemy for them. You see, we should be positioned in the will of God. That's where we should be, where God has us. Don't run away. Don't move away, but stay. Stand firm in the will of the Lord. The Bible says they set themselves around the camp. Too many people leave their positions in the will of God instead of standing their ground. And you know, something happens 
when you leave your position, when you aren't run away from the will of God. You never get to experience the victory that comes from a battle. There's something sweet, even though it sounds weird, it sounds crazy. But, you know, if you watch a boxing match, I mean, these guys beat these, there's each other to a pulp most of the time. I mean, they're there for 12 rounds, and they're just plummeting each other. Boom, boom, boom. And they're at the end of the fight, you know, one guy's eyes closed, and the other guy's missing a lip, you know, and they're, they're, they're just beat to a pulp. And they're going, it was a good fight. It was the best thing. The victor, the guy who, the guy who loses is sad, but the guy who wins, he might look messed up, but he's excited because he was in a battle and he won. Let me tell you something. There's something about being, and those of you who are fighters, I know there were some fighters here. I know some of you were, were, were fighters. You know what I'm talking about. You just look for a fight so you could fight and win and feel good about winning. You see, that's what happens when you stand your ground in the things of God and you're going through the battle and you're fighting and you're fighting. Don't run away because you'll never experience the victory of winning a battle. You'll always wonder, I wonder what could have happened if I stood, if I stood my ground. You see, Jacob never realized God's perfect will for his life until he stopped running from God. There may be some here who are running from God. You're not serving the Lord. Hold your ground. Stand still and let God begin to bring you into the destiny that he has for you. Let him bring you into the blessing that he's provided for you. He will defeat that battle that you're going through, that habit, that fear, whatever's dominating your life, just like he did for Moses and Israel at the Red Sea. What does Moses tell them? Don't be afraid in chapter 14 in the book of Exodus. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance of the Lord, he'll bring it to you today. Praise God. And then he goes on and says, you know those guys who are coming after you, who are, are harassing you? You're never going to see them again. They're never going to bother you anymore. Why? Because the Lord is going to fight for you. Only be still, stand firm. This is the word of God. This is the promise of uh, the Lord. God says, if you want me to fight your battles, uh, then stand still. Stand firm, as Ephesians uh, chapter 6 says. Stand firm. As our music ministry makes their way up this morning, as I close this out, as we prepare for communion, he also goes on in Isaiah and says, Watch the Lord work, and I will defeat the enemy, and I will provide for you. When you stand firm and stand still, and you don't let fear grip your life and overwhelm you, and you understand this is God's battle, not mine, God will supernaturally defeat the enemy for you. And you can watch as Israel saw the Red Sea part. 
as Gideon saw the enemy who outnumbered him defeated. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 17. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you and see the salvation of the, the Lord. We can face the enemy with confidence this morning. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed for a few